The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you again for listening to our show from Good to Amazing and sharing it with your friends and your family and your coworkers and colleagues. We just love having you uh, follow our work and see what we're doing out of Unity Campus. That's unitycampus.org, as well as I love hearing from you about some of the ideas that you love for the show. Today, we have Janet Connor. She is a best-selling author, uh, Writing Down Your Soul. And I'm so thrilled to be part of her newly released book, The Lotus and the Lily. Janet, welcome to our show today. Temple, thank you so very, very much for sharing this conversation with me and for reading the book and endorsing it. It's, I'm particularly thrilled to be having a conversation with you under this umbrella from good to amazing, <laughs> because that is exactly what my experience was. My life was good, but once I stumbled into the wisdom habits around prosperity that Buddha and Jesus taught, it went to amazing. And so <laughs> when you invited me to be on this show, there could not be a more perfect umbrella to talk under, so thank you. Well, for the purpose of our our audience today, um, let's get a little history um, about you because um, you've been an author for a few years now and your Mm -hmm. book, Writing Down Your Soul, is the number one journal writing book for like over two years now. So congratulations on that. And um, it just, um, I I don't know, I get a sense from um, listening to other interviews and seeing you out there on Facebook and other social media things that did you realize you were going to be this well known and so quickly? <laughs> and so oh, quickly. heavens no! If I showed you my resume, you'd squint your eyes and look up at me. My degrees are in speech pathology and education of the deaf. So I thought that at this age, I'm in my 60s, I would be the superintendent of special ed in California. That's the career track I thought I was on. 
But what's that funny joke that everybody loves to tell? If you want to see God laugh, tell God your plan. Mm-hmm. I think God is still bent over laughing, uh, chuckling at how the life I thought I wanted in the end wasn't what I wanted at all. Wow. So I'm tickled pink and just as stunned as the rest of the world that I woke up a writer, speaker, teacher. (laughs) Well, did you? All thanks to these traumatic things that happened. And that's one of the great blessings I like to give to people is that when life gets hard, they think, oh, my Lord, you know, here's life is so hard. I'm afraid. Um, I want this to go away. Give me a way to make it go away when the truth is it's the doorway, it's the avenue, it's the story your soul called forth in order to become who you really are. So who I really am is a writer, only I didn't know that. Wow. Did you start just getting messages from, you know, your dreams or... How did that? Well, uh, was, my you know, story is probably happen. a lot of people's story. My story is the life hits you on the side of the head, two by four. You fall to your knees, and out of sheer pain and panic, uh, discover how to start living a life in divine partnership, and then life gets better. I was going through a terrifying divorce, a divorce that. A lot of people thought I wasn't going to uh, physically survive. And I was sitting um, in my home with the blinds shut and the phone turned off, sobbing. This was my brilliant way of (laughs) solving the fact that life was so difficult and I was so frightened. Until my puppy dragged my untouched copy of The Artist's Way to me. And you know how you know? You know. Something finally happens, a song on the radio, something someone says, a book falls out of the bookshelf and lands at your feet in the store. You walk into a unity church. How many people have told you this, Temple? You walk into a unity church and you hear exactly, exactly what you need to hear and it changes your life forever. Well, for me, it was my puppy bringing me the artist's way. And I started to read. And I got to only page 15 because on page 15, Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way, says that when she's in pain, she picks up a pen and finds a source of wisdom within on the page. That's all I needed. But I needed that. Then I picked up a pen. I wrote, Dear God, comma, and I started what became a lifelong, lifelong a divine dialogue partnership. My life always takes place on the page. I bring what's going on. I ask my questions. I receive my guidance. And I live that guidance. So it started in that space of great pain. And because life had sort of blown up around me, I had no resources. A lot of people have had this experience. It doesn't have to be divorce. It could be bankruptcy. It could be uh, some bizarre uh, terminal uh, diagnosis. It could be addiction. It could be the death of a loved one. It doesn't matter what the particular story is. I think everybody resonates with this kind of experience. So I had no resources. Friends disappeared. Clients disappeared. Money disappeared. So I finally decided to start taking the guidance I was receiving on the page. Mm, And as soon as I did, my life 
in little increments. That's so powerful. Started changing it, it from... It reminds me of what I was saying yesterday about the... Of the beauty of Jungian psychology. First, you must realize that you are asleep so you can wake, and then you mm-hmm. die so you can be born. And you cannot be born until you die, and you cannot die until you wake. So that's kind of like what you're talking about, yeah. just that that period of your life that it's like you just feel like everything is just dark, that dark night or however we refer to it, and then you've had this amazing opening. Well, I'm just grateful that you allowed yourself to be in the process. I know mm-hmm. of just so many people that love and swear by your book of writing down your soul. And mm-hmm. when we look at your new book that just came out, it was like, what, three weeks ago that it yes. uh, that it uh, made its uh, great debut. Actually, in St. Petersburg, Florida, we were the fortunate ones to, to be there right on yes. the front end at our yes. Wings bookstore. And um, and you did a book signing there, and it's just you're like our our local, but yet our our international hero. So we're just very proud of you, uh, Janet. But, but how did the book uh, The Lotus and the Lily come about? And saying that, I just want to add, I can't tell you the many times that people, most of all, that are unchurched, will walk into our spiritual community and say, "Here's the thing." I cannot believe that on the same day and in the same lesson or the same talk, I heard someone say Jesus and Buddha in the same thing. So this place must be pretty cool. <laughs> so, so uh, what a great combination that you uh, that you yeah. brought forth. But how did this merging of uh, the archetype of Jesus and Buddha come into your your download as far as writing? Well, it showed up in a lot of parallel ways to the original wisdom practice of writing down your soul. I was suddenly nose-to-nose with a trauma. This time it was bankruptcy. Because when the book comes out, my first book, Writing Down Your Soul, you know, I'm a brand-new author, I'm ecstatically happy, and any church or bookstore that invited me, even if they were across the United States, I'd get on a plane and go. And I taught thousands of people that year, 2009, how to write at the soul level. And every single day I got these ecstatic emails, this is changing my life. So there's the good news. The not-so-good news was I funded all those trips on my credit cards, which were already very heavily burdened. And by November, I just had to face a very painful reality. I was bankrupt. Mm. So I... Did I think one of the hardest things I've ever done, I looked my son in the eyes and said, your mother, your mother is bankrupt. And bless him, he looked me right back in the eyes and he asked me a question, Mom, are you doing the work you love? I said, well, yeah, I adore writing down your soul. I adore pe- teaching people how they too have access to divine wisdom on the page. And he said, then what's the problem? Half of America's going bankrupt. Call a bankruptcy attorney. And I I woke up. That was my, oh, right. And I called a bankruptcy attorney, but he could not see me until February, two months later. So, Temple, I picked up a pen. As I said, my life happens on the page. I picked up a pen and I said, dear God, excuse me, but what is this about? What is the blessing in bankruptcy? What is it I'm not seeing? Teach me, teach me. If you will teach me, I will do it. 
And then I blurted out, what am I supposed to do between now and February, for heaven's sakes? Well, those who have entered into this wisdom habit of writing down your soul know that when you ask on the page for divine guidance, you will receive divine guidance. And I did. And the guidance was, Janet, you are to write at the deepest soul level every single day of December. And I, I know I can do that. Okay. But then the part that surprised me, Temple, is I was told what to write about. This was a new kind of guidance for me. The first week I was to only prepare. The second week I was to only look back at the life I've already lived because the, the voice on the page said, there's wisdom back there, there's gifts, there's blessings that you haven't uncovered. You have no business trying to look ahead to the future until you understand the life you've already created. That made sense to me. And then the third week I was told to spend the entire week, every single day, in the deepest, releasing, letting go, forgiving, forgive myself, forgive others. And the explanation, once again, made such perfect sense. I was told that you want to create something new. You want to bring in a whole new kind of life. But you're already full of stuff. You've got old wounds in there, old unforgiveness. Spend a week untying all those knots so you're empty. Once you're empty, there will be room for the new life. And then finally, finally, in the fourth week, the last week of December, I could get some peeks into the future. So I did it. I did it. I follow my guidance. I wrote every single day in, in the month of December. Then on January 1st, 2010, after this incredible month of deep, deep soul spiritual preparation, I came into my office where I'm speaking to you now, and the strangest thing happened. Instead of picking up my journal in this little soul day mini retreat that I planned to give myself, instead of doing what after all those days of preparation I thought I would have done, I reached down and there on the floor was a library book. And I knew it was due the next day and couldn't be renewed. Thich Nhat Hans, you are here. This is such a perfect illustration of how spirit is always so far ahead of us, knows where we're going, writes the path. Come on, baby, over here, all is well. I took the book out of the library weeks before. But that day, I reached down and started to read. And I uh, am not, I would not label myself a Buddhist. The reason I took it out of the library is I knew so little, I mean, next to nothing, about the Buddha's teachings, and this book, You Are Here, is Thich Nhat Hanh teaching you, talking to you, explaining the Buddha's great teachings. So I c couldn't stop reading, because Thich Nhat Hanh is a great, gentle re speaker, reader, writer, teacher, and I, I was two-thirds of the way through the book. The day was over half over, and I was still reading, and I stumbled upon the sentence that changed my life and became the lotus and the lily. In this chapter about how everything is connected, Thich Nhat Hanh says that the Buddha's great teaching is this is because that is. Yeah, you know, okay, this is because that is. Now, Thich Nhat Hanh knows that a Western mind doesn't get the profundity of this, not mine anyway, 
So he tells a story to illustrate it. And he says that in the middle of winter, if he's looking out the winter, uh, the window in France, does he see sunflowers? No, of course not. He sees snow. So he asks, does that mean there are no sunflowers? Are the sunflowers dead? And he says, no, it means the conditions are wrong. When the day is longer and the temperature is warmer and the rains come, bingo, you're going to get sunflowers. And then comes the sentence. I'm in my pajamas reading. And he wraps up this whole story in the Buddhist teaching with this sentence. When conditions are sufficient, there is a manifestation. That's the sentence. Just like heaven had to send the dog to bring me the knowledge that the source of wisdom is available on the page. Universe seems to need to bring Janet books. I needed to read that sentence. When conditions are sufficient... There is a manifestation. I threw down the book, screamed at the top of my lungs, ran around this room going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Everything we think we know about prosperity, manifestation, attraction is 180 degrees off. We are so focused on the manifestation, right? We want what we want. We want our stuff. It's not about the manifestation. It's about creating the conditions in your life in which the manifestation naturally and effortlessly comes. So I know that, that was a revelation to me. Yeah, that's that is a, a profound awareness, and I'm sure that a number of people ask you from time to time, how does the process that you're offering in your book? the lotus and the lily, compared to the law of attraction? Well, that, in a nutshell, it is the Buddha's teaching, and I'd be happy to then share the parallel uh, teaching from Jesus, if you like. The law of attraction keeps the human at the center, because you're focused on getting clear about what you want and asking for what you want. The right. lotus and the lily puts the divine at the center. Okay. The law of attraction is about how to ask. Let's do a better job of asking for what you want. The lotus and the lily sets aside the asking and gets us to focus on how do I want to live. So it's not about asking, it's about living. The law of attraction is about asking for things. The lotus and the lily is about creating conditions in your life. The law of attraction is more centered on ego because it comes from you and what you want. The lotus and the lily is all about the soul. What at the soul level is your life all about? The law of attraction has an external focus. You can't help it. You're focusing on what you want. The lotus and the lily is all internal. It's all about creating within your life what you do, what you think, who you are, the approaches you take to life, your attitudes. It's all internal. It's about your relationship with the divine. What I'm hearing you say, Janet, too, is is there's um, such a difference between wanting uh, versus being. I'm Temple Hayes, and today we're talking with Janet Connor. She is a best-selling author. Her website is Janet Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R dot com, and I... 
uh, just appreciate all of you and your um, continued support for Unity Online Radio and the donations that you make, which allow us to reach the various countries that we do throughout the world. And we really appreciate you and who you are. We'll be right back after this short break. You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do. It's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all. A cruise to the Caribbean, November 10th through 17th, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite host will be there, and we hope you join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, go to www.unity.fm. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you again for um, taking the time of all the things you could be doing that you're you're wanting to grow and, and look at your own life and, and move from good to amazing. I know for myself, uh, many years ago, it starts with the decision that rather than, um, as my teacher used to say, um, no one wants to be average. The average is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. So when you make a decision, that anybody can kind of just be on um, autopilot and and just have a, a good or an okay life. But with a few tools and an exceptional commitment to your life, you can have an amazing life that offers 
um, abundance of heart and open-mindedness and opportunities um, in a sense of being and inner bliss. And it's my pleasure today as we're talking with Janet Connor because that's exactly what we're talking about. As mm-hmm. uh, before our break, Janet was sharing with us some of the distinctions with the law of attraction. And I know many people... You know, um, often, Janet, because both of us have been around a while, uh, people get into, like, quick fixes, you know, and, oh, mm-hmm. but this, it sounds different. You know, now the law of attraction and the secret, and and uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love that many people were able to take that and assimilate it mm-hmm. and use it, but yet, you know, when you've been around 30, 35 years, you understand it's just a... It's just a remake and a different idea turned with a little twist. And um, I know that sometimes people get discouraged because they did feel that some of that with the law of attraction was all about getting instead of being. Mm-hmm. And um, and getting only lasts for a while uh, because it's at the end of the day, it's how am I going to be? I love to tell people you can only put so much in an urn. You know, so at the end of your life, you can only take so many things with you. So hopefully it's been more, it can be both and, that we can mm-hmm. we can have things and we can demonstrate things because I love opulent things too. But there's the essential quality of building the life within that you know you have everything you need. If this is it, this is really great. And I love that in, in the Buddha teachings that what is is best. Talk to us a little bit more about the, um, the prosperity paradox, Janet. The, the, the great paradox it is, and of course it's a paradox. It's a paradox. So right away, what is a paradox? It's two things that appear to be, when you first look at them, opposites, that somehow are the same. They can come together in the same space. And you can never with your left conscious mind make an ounce of sense out of that. So you really have to wrestle with it and step into it. And my, I stumbled upon, you know, when I was reading Carl Jung, researching his deep knowledge of the mandala for the lotus and the lily, that he adored paradoxes. And he said the only way to really experience the fullness of life is to enter into paradox. So the great paradox of prosperity is this. You can have anything you want, but not by wanting it, not by focusing on it, not by describing it, begging for it, saying your affirmations. You can have anything you want, but not by wanting it. Instead, put your attention, your undivided attention on a vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that, and your life will change. It has to. This is the natural order as taught by Buddha and Jesus. So you end up getting exactly what you were talking about, this beautiful, rich, abundant life, and it can include beautiful things, beautiful possessions and friendships and a beautiful home and beautiful work. It can. But all of that comes to you not based on you begging for it, asking for it, focusing all your attention on it. It comes because you shift your focus internally into who you really are 
a divine being, a soul. And when you have your attention internally like that, it would appear to be magic that the universe cannot rush up to you fast enough to fill your heart and your pockets and your life. That's what happened to me. I did those 31 days of deep soul writing in December. I stumbled upon the sentence on January 1st, when conditions are sufficient, there is a manifestation. I created an intention mandala that day to remind myself to keep my attention on my conditions, how I want to live. And mine are, I live in intention, I say my prayers out loud, I work in sacred space, I do my holy work, I focus only on what's coming in, not what's going out, and I have every moment of every day a grateful heart. Those are mine. Now, they're not universal. I've taught this process to hundreds and hundreds of people. The book is now going to reach thousands of people, and I teach a telecourse on it every year in November. We start this year on November 19th. And no two people ever have the same condition. It's an intimate realization in divine dialogue between you and your divine partner. Gee, how do I want to live? But then you focus every day not on all those things you want. They're on your intention mandala, but they're, they're where they belong on the periphery. If you sort of visualize the clock, the center dot in the clock is your relationship with the one. Well, where the numbers would be, that's where you can place pictures. Or I, I put little stick drawings, and they're the things that I am trusting the universe will provide for me in the next year. And the universe always does, and more. But every day when I say my prayers, I say to Spirit, okay, I know you're taking care of all that stuff. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to live my conditions. And I actually sing them. I have a little mantra chant. And that very first January of 2010 that I did this for the first time, and you got to understand, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just following this profound, found wake-up call that it's about conditions, not about the manifestation. I did not have any awareness that my life was going to change in just 30 days. So the month of January 2010, I continued to travel around the country, teach people deep soul writing. But the, the month was almost weird. My events were all packed. People left almost ridiculous love offerings. Um, I was in a church in San Francisco and the love offering for the Writing Down Your Soul workshop was $25. People left checks for 40 for 50 One woman left a check for $238. Obviously a very important number to her. I mean, yes. but it was just stunning. And my, uh, people would just send me tithes, and people applied to, uh, registered for my courses twice and then said, hey, give away that second registration to someone as an anonymous gift. January was a miraculous month. Well, finally, it's February, and I can go see the bankruptcy attorney. And when I, he was all finished telling me about the paperwork, he asked if I had any questions. I said, yeah, I have a question. I made $12,000 in the month of January. Is that a problem? And I, I wish I had a videotape of him. He sighed. He closed the file. I remember it was red. He padded it. And he started to stand up, and I'm sitting there watching him stand up. And he realized I didn't get it. And he said, yes, 
Janet, it's a problem. You are not bankrupt. Come back <laughs> when you're bankrupt. And you know what I'm going to say next. I've never been back. The universe has fulfilled this great paradox of prosperity by not focusing on what I want. I get things I didn't even dream I wanted. And did you, Janet, did you, did you find that it, it took a while to keep aligning if, if you've spent your life? Um, <laughs> for those people that are listening that, you know, are really like, yeah, this sounds invigorating. You know, I'm inspired. Have you found it's just more of a natural process because it is natural? Or did you have to really work a bit with your subconscious realities in wanting you to go back to the way you were doing it? Yes. Um, the, in particular, that one of those conditions is I focus only on what's coming in. And, and for anybody that's ever been in financial duress, which sooner or later does seem to be most people's story at some point in their life, you know that pitier stomach feeling when you wake up in the morning and it's just sheer terror. And so when I would find myself feeling that in the morning, I'd look over at my intention mandala I had one in my office next to the computer feeding me subconsciously at all times, and I also made a copy and put it on my bedroom wall, and I would force, but of course it was a very loving thing to do to myself, I'd push my eyes over to my intention mandala first thing in the morning, and I'd look at that, Lily, I I have six conditions, and um, I love that saying from Jesus, consider the lilies, they do not toil nor spin. Mm-hmm. And so I like to keep lilies on my altar. Lilies, that's why the book is called The Lotus and the Lily. Everybody associates the lotus with Buddha. I'm not sure everybody associates the lily with Jesus, but because of that lovely saying, I do. So I'd look at that lily at the center, and it would put a smile on my face. Oh, nothing to worry about. Heaven's taking care of everything. I'm just going to live my conditions today. Another thing I did to get myself in this rhythm, in this knowing, I when I open the curtains in the morning, and the minute the light is flooding in, the first thing I do, and I still do this, I say out loud, Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made. I am grateful and rejoice in it. You can't be scared, afraid, miserable, worried, you know, with those words coming out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And then when I come into my office and do my spiritual practice, my morning spiritual practice, I don't just have this intention mandala sitting there. I walk in front of it. I put my hands in front of make a little mudra, and I sing my conditions every single day. It's a wisdom habit to answer your question. I have found that if I have a good idea, it might feed me for 10 minutes. I've got to take ideas and turn them into physical body prayers. I've got to do my holy work. I've got to say my prayers out loud, my my conditions. And so if I every day look at this beautiful little intention mandala, which, by the way, was and still is, a dinner plate traced, and then a salad plate traced on the center. You know, this is not a sophisticated, complicated art project. And there are three women were kind enough to actually post 
their mandalas and their mandala stories in the book. You can see their mandalas in black and white. And then when you go to my website, JanetConnor.com, you can see them in color. And you can see how they're made and how different these intention mandalas can be. But mine is the simplest. It's just a little colored pencil stick drawing. So in order to keep myself in alignment, your uh, word and the question you asked me, yeah, uh, my intention mandala is a prayer practice. So when they go to your uh, website, Janet, what, what section on JanetConnor.com are the mandalas? On the main navigation bar, there's a, a, a mention of both of my books, Writing Down Your Soul, and you can hit the drop-down menu, and there's a lot of different information about Writing Down Your Soul. Right next to it says Lotus and Lily, and you can hit that navigation uh, drop-down menu, and one of them is Mandalas. Now, the book is just out, so and I'll be teaching the course on November 19th, and I will invite people when they have completed it and created their intention mandalas, if they'd like, they can send them to me and I'll post them on the site. So within a few months, the site is going to be packed full of people's different intention mandalas and they can tell their stories and what happened as a result of this intention mandala. They can talk about their conditions, whatever people want to post. So someday, very soon, it will be a very rich resource where you can get lots and lots of ideas of how to create different kinds of intention mandala. Uh, that's so powerful, and I'm I'm looking at them right now, and they're they're really dynamic. And um, mm-hmm. in the lotus and the lily, do you actually explain a, a process mm-hmm. of simplicity mm-hmm. that someone can do this? Or yes, and I I give people my process. Some people who are a little more craft-oriented have created. One woman is a ceramicist in San Francisco, and she made a huge wheel out of clay. So you can do it any way you want. People have created them as mobiles, moving in, in the air. But in order to help people who are at my level, I do walk everybody through an incredibly simple trace a dinner plate, trace a salad plate, um, you'll come up with your conditions in Divine Dialogue as you're writing down your soul. After you've done this week of preparation, week of looking back, week of releasing and forgiving, and week of looking forward. And that's the preparation that really gets you in a state where you are ready to ask the big question, what are my conditions? So, yeah, I do give people a lot of advice. And for those that want to participate in the live class on the 19th, I also set up a private, private Facebook discussion group. Then only, and it's just free and part of the course. And that's where people just, they have such a grand time every day popping on there and talking about their adventures in that week of preparation, that week of looking back. And they become such deep and close friends with the people on that group because you're going through this delicious, rich, soul-directed process. And then they do share their um, intention mandalas at the end. The group that did it last year did that. So I'd invite all of you to go and visit 
Janet website, Janet Connor. That's with two N's, JanetConnor.com. And look at the mandalas and all the other things that she's offering, especially her class that's going to be starting in November. So all the information is right there, her telecourse, uh, beginning November the 19th. What a great gift to give yourself for the holidays, too. Um, uh, yeah. To to be in this new way of thinking as you're moving into uh, 2013. Well, Janet, thank you so much for your energy, and we'll be right back after this short break. I'm Temple Hayes, and you're listening to From Good to Amazing, offered by Unity Campus in the heart of St. Petersburg, Florida. We'll be right back. Ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on shop. I'm one with you. You're one with me. Together we Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Thank you, everyone, for being back with us again. I would encourage you to share these ideas with your friends and all the people in your network because it's more fun to have amazing friends to hang out with. And these tools are more than just simple ideas. They're the types of things that can transform people into a greater sense of life. So I love to give and books and things like that to people of knowing that there is that potentiality of change. Uh, Janet, one of the things that um, you've talked about, especially specifically with your writing down your soul, is you elaborate on the fact that your soul wants five things. And I'm, I'm looking at your website now, and your soul wants to, number one, connect with source, number two, commit to values, number three, serve a purpose, number four, express itself, and number five, create 
a life. Um, was that something that was gifted to you on one of your journaling experiences, or <laughs> how did this uh, huge epiphany uh, get gifted to you? It's it's very magical, and I love the way you've you have the graphics with it as well, which people can see on your website. Well, you you stumbled right onto it. Everything does seem to take place on the page. And it is, however, tied, I think, I think, to this intention mandala. Um, one of the fun things you do uh, when you create your intention mandala is name your year. And I named 2011. I like to make a new intention mandala on January 1st of every year. Another lovely time to do it is on your birthday. It doesn't have to be January 1st, but it is such a fun way to celebrate the new year and begin this co-creative partnership with the divine to create, to create. Your soul wants to create a beautiful life. I love to do it on January 1st. Well, in 2011, I made a new intention mandala. Just about everything that I had on the periphery from 2010 came to pass. Like I, I said in 2010, uh, my perfect agent, well, Spirit worked so fast by March of that year. She had contacted me. She came out of the blue, and it's turned out to be such a beautiful relationship. So 2011, I'm ready to make a new intention mandala, and I named it, and it comes in, in Divine Dialogue. It comes on the page, Big Pot Year. And I thought, well, it's kind of a... Silly name, but yeah, okay, sure. Big Pot Year, that sounds like fun. And I drew this yellowy-orange circle, and it didn't dawn on me till a couple of days later that I had drawn this Le Creuset Dutch oven that I have that I adore. It's my favorite. I love to cook stews and ragouts in it. And when I saw what I had done, I just burst out laughing, and I drew little orange handles on it, and I said to God, in writing... In writing, I guess this means you're the chef and I'm the ragu. Go ahead. Go ahead and make something wonderful out of me. This I now know is a dangerous prayer, you know. If you, I mean, it was a complete relinquishing, a complete stepping out of the way. It happened that very month. It was like two weeks later. It just stumbled out of me onto the page. Your soul wants five things. And there they were. I mean, it just came. Boom, 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 boom. Your soul, of course, it doesn't just want. It needs to connect with source because it is from the divine. This is our divinity. This is who we, this is our immortal self. So, of course, the soul needs to be connected with source. And writing down your soul isn't the only way. There's meditation and prayer. There are many, many ways to be connected with source. People just love writing down your soul because it's so quick, it's so effortless, and you have a transcript of the conversation. So your soul wants to connect with source. Of course it wants to commit to values. It wants to live an integrous life, and that's the course I call Soul Vows, and I teach it in the spring. And then, of course, your soul wants to serve a purpose. Isn't that everybody's favorite question? We always want to know, why am I here? And that's the course I call Check the Box, and I teach it in the summer, June. And then uh, every soul wants to express itself. Now, my soul expresses itself in writing, and that's the course called Plug-In for Writers. But I also then needed to generate a new course, Plug-In for Expressive Souls, and that's for 
many, many, many ways in which we can uh, express the beauty within. And then, of course, your soul wants to create life, not to be consumed by, by life, buffeted by life. Your soul knows how. It has all of the incredible creative gifts. It knows how to create life. And we just have to get into the soul's rhythm and natural pattern as taught by Buddha and Jesus and create a life. Now, i got to tell you, Temple, when this came through, I was a little stunned. I'm one person with, at that time, one book working out of my back bedroom. You know, yeah, I can call it my writing office, but guess what? It's my back bedroom. And I actually sort of fought back, and I said to Spirit, you know, maybe some of these famous spiritual authors aren't busy right now. Maybe you want to check in with one of them because they've got more followers. They've got, you sure you want me, me, to step out in the world and say your soul wants five things? But here I am, Temple. <laughs> Spirit didn't say, you're right, Janet. Let's go talk to Marianne Williamson. The heck with you. No, here I am singing this song, Your Soul Wants Five Things. And my publisher, God love them, Canary Press, upon seeing these five committed, you bet, there will be five books in the series and five companion journals. So Writing Down Your Soul is the first with its companion journal, My Soul Pages, and now The Lotus and Lily is How to Create Life. And in, the, in March, we'll have the companion journal, and then next, I should be writing soul vows instead of talking on the phone with you. That's the next thing I need to do, Temple. And so on, until all five books in the series are on the shelf at Wings. At Wings, I'll be back for more book signing parties. Well, at Wings Bookstore, we feel very privileged and honored as you're one of our our true keynote and true loves of the whole Tampa Bay area. And, of course, people order your book not only locally but um through our system um all over so it's just such a such a blessing and it's such a a true example of from good to amazing of Mm -hmm. an individual that as you said earlier when we were starting the show life was good um and yet when it came to facing those hard decisions because divorce and changing relationships and those kind of things they are very difficult to do. Some people would rather just build onto their house or get a pool or, you know, anything to avoid making those kind of changes. But in your particular case, it, it opened you up to yes. just uh, your true soul work. And it's just, it's, it's not only powerful to watch, but it's an inspiration and it's an encouragement to other people and those of you are, that are listening that right now are going through some challenging times or perhaps you too are going through a sense of separation from something that you thought would be you know there for the rest of your life whether it's a job or a person or an experience but um this is a true a true uh, story about how change can bring us to our greater mm-hmm. bliss, that's for sure. Did you ever find yourself, uh, would you kind of tag yourself, uh, Janet, as uh, just kind of born as a metaphysical person, or have you just through the years become more open in your life as far as spiritually speaking? 
Well, I, I was born into an Irish Roman Catholic family, and I I include the word Irish at the front. I really do think it's a denomination of its own. And I, that's why I grew up in a very rich and strict uh, Catholic environment. And I'm not a practicing Catholic. Unity is my home now. But I honor, I greatly honor all the gifts that growing up Catholic in the 1950s and 60s brought me, you know, an entry into the mystery. Um, who was Jesus as a miracle person? I honor prayer. It introduced me into a life of prayer. Now, having said that, once I got my master's degree in education of the deaf, I dropped all that. I did not have an active spiritual practice. All I wanted to do was make a lot of money, and so eventually I became a headhunter, and I did make a lot of money. And then this is another great gift of the divorce. It really activated a core need to build a powerful spiritual life. And so I not only, a friend luckily said, you might want to go to a unity church, I walked into a unity church and my life changed. I also started studying Native American spirituality and learned how to pray to the directions, a form of prayer I still adore. I began to study the divine feminine and the goddesses. And I just discovered that this is such, this is so delightful. What a way to live. And I think that's why heaven stuck you are here, a book on Buddhism at my feet, because that was a door I hadn't entered. I now participate in a devotional form of yoga called Kalinatha Yoga, and it's very devotional. I've learned all about the Hindu gods and goddesses, and we, we chant to them, and we dance their stories. I find I love it all. Mm-hmm. My soul is singing over it all. I'm never full. I'm still, I'm hungry for more rich materials. People like me walk into a bookstore like Wings, oy, 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 oy. you know, you walk out with a shopping bag full of books, and they're across traditions. This is what is so lovely about unity, is it honors all traditions, all paths. And so I find myself walking many, many paths, honoring many, many paths, and, and no matter what I do, it just brings me richer and closer and deeper into connection with the one, the one. The, the closing prayer I say in front of my intention mandala is I tap my heart and I say, I am one with the one. I am I one, one with, with the, the, one. the one. And that's a great ending point for us we've been talking mm-hmm. today with janet connor her website is janetconnor.com she is the author of the book writing down your soul and now newly released book the lotus and the lily janet thank you so much for being on our show today I would encourage any of you to write me at temple at templehaze.org or amazing at unity.fm Thank you, everyone, for participating in Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. 
Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries Online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Did you know that most of us operate on autopilot and don't even realize it? In fact, psychologists suggest automatic behavior has become the rule of thumb these days. Jesse Harriet wants to talk with you about how to make the switch from barely thriving and functioning to living a fully functioning, conscious, and purposeful life. The all is mind, and so are you. Call in with your questions and comments for Jesse Live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time on Living on Purpose, where we blend psychology and ancient wisdom. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you. 
providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.